You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. And be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Hello, I'm Willie George. Welcome to the Faith Roots Podcast. In this session, we are going to wrap up the four faces of love. And this is episode 21 of that. Uh, Normally, we don't do this many, but uh, this particular subject is so vast, and I could probably continue going on it. Uh, But we're going to take five weeks to really cover the four faces of love. That one week was introduction, and then we spent each week on a face. And Today we're covering the last phase, actually this whole week. And I'm taking my text from Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17, verse 18, verse 19, New King James Version, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, length, depth, and height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God." Since God is an infinite being with infinite wisdom, He never says anything randomly. He never uses any number casually. There's always a significance to anything that He gives us. And the fact that there are four dimensions stated with love, when we know that we live in a three-dimension space, of course, time makes the fourth, Uh, There are a number of different things that you can draw from this, that love is enough for everything that we face because it it covers uh, every dimension in this physical world plus the dimension of time. That's a great way of looking at it. But also, when you look at the characteristics of each of these dimensions, and then two of them are, are vertical dimensions, height and depth, and then two of them are horizontal dimensions, and this one in particular is a vertical dimension, and especially in view of the fact that it is height. Height of God's love is symbolic of believing, because that's what believing does. Believing is a lifting force. It causes us to rise out of the thing that oppresses us all through Scripture. Uh, The idea of lifting and rising is associated with believing, and so God's love believes. Now, we we'll go back and cover real quickly what the, the others are. The other faces are that God love, God's love guards. We saw that very strongly in the Gospel of Matthew. We see that's a, chief, a very uh, strong characteristic of God's love is that he guards. Then God gives. That's what we see in the Gospel of Mark. Uh, Jesus the giver. And he's a servant in the gospel of Mark, and that's the theme of that gospel. Luke's gospel, Jesus the man, and we see his humanity. He refers to himself and is called the son of man uh, 88 times. And so uh, that is uh, associated with correction. And we see Jesus, although he was never corrected for evil, we see that he was in submission to Mary and Joseph for 18 years. And so we see so many things about his humanity. And, uh, of course, Luke was a great one to write on this because he was a medical doctor. And then we come to the Gospel of John, and it's impossible not to notice the theme of this gospel, which is believing. Now, this is interesting. Uh, the word believe appears six, uh, 51 times in this gospel. Believed, 27 times. Believeth, 
15 times, believing two times, believest three times. That's a total of 98 times we see the word believe or believing in one form or another. Guess what? That's more than all the other gospels combined. So I would say that believing is the watchword of the gospel of John. Listen to John 20, 20. Uh, or I'm sorry, 20, 30, and 31. And truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. So John makes it very clear the whole purpose of his book was to encourage believing. And he says so right here in John 20. And uh, so what we see is that if God is love, his first acts then should define his character. And so the first acts of God in the book of Genesis chapter uh, 1, when God uh, creates heaven and earth, is that he is doing it by faith. Let me read John 1. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. Without him, nothing was made that was made. And so we see that God created. Jesus was the agent of creation. He is the Word. God created all things through his Word. Uh, By the Word, all things consist. He holds the universe together by the Word of his power. And so uh, God believed, and that's why he created He wanted fellowship with humanity. I've heard people say, and they mean well, and it's probably someone trying to uh, teach children, uh, saying something like this, God was lonely. He wanted some friends. Well, God is complete in himself. He is not lonely. And there is Father, there is Son, there is Holy Spirit. They are totally complete, and they do not need us to be complete. But because God is love, he creates and he created in Genesis 1, and we see uh, this expression of his love. Love is a strong expression of God's love. Where there is faith, uh, there has to be love. There should be love. The, the two of these things can't really be separated. Now, you could uh, have strong faith and not always walk in love, but it will eventually catch up with you because these two were meant to work together. I want to show you this in the book of Mark's gospel, um, the chapter 11, uh, verse 12, it says, now the next day when they had come out from Bethany, he was hungry. Jesus was seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves. He went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves for it was not the season for figs. In response, Jesus said to it, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. They must have marked it. And they said, hmm, that's interesting. I don't think Jesus was given to saying things casually or without purpose. So they they would have marked that. So the Bible says in the chapter, uh, uh, same chapter, verse 20, now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things that he says will be done. 
he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, what things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Now listen in particular to verse 25. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. So there's this call to love in the middle of this very powerful teaching on faith. And it is because the two of these forces are meant to work together. We see it again in 1 Corinthians 13. That um, uh, the love is the chief of the three amazing forces, faith, hope, and love. And uh, they work together. The chief of these is love, or the greatest of these is charity in the King James Version. But it means love of God, greater than faith, greater than hope. All three are very important, but they were meant to work together. Love motivates faith. So where you see faith, the, the reason for faith is love. When Jesus healed and he released faith toward people, it is because he had great compassion on them. He saw the multitudes who were sick and were hurting and suffering, and he was moved with compassion on him. So what drove the miracles and the demonstrations of faith was the love of God. Love is our motivator, and it has an expression in faith. So what we see in the Gospel of John is that love believes. That's one of its great characteristics. Now, the being that is before the throne of God that gives us a picture of this is the being with the face of the eagle. And I'm going to read to you again from the book of Revelation, which speaks to this. And uh, it says in Revelation 4, 6, before the throne there was a sea of glass like crystal. In the midst of the throne, around the throne, were four living creatures full of eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion, second living creature like a calf, third living creature had the face like a man, and the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. And so if each of these faces correspond to uh, one of the four Gospels of the lion is the protector, the one who guards the king. That's the first purpose of a king. That's the theme of Matthew. Uh, the second living creature is like a calf or an ox, a being that is given to burden-bearing all of its life. And even in its death, it is serving others. And so that's the Gospel of Mark, and that's what you see, Jesus the great servant. And, uh, and what's fascinating about it in God's economy is that servants are not powerless. They're very powerful. And uh, Mark was writing to reach a Roman mind, and he wanted to show Jesus as a man of power. So he presents him as a servant who has power. And this is quite the contrast because uh, in, in the Roman world, servants were considered weak and, and subservient to other more powerful people. But uh, Mark is going at it from a totally different perspective, saying, no, in God's economy, the servant is the one who has the greatest power. And the apostle Paul teaches that in 1 Corinthians 9. He talks about, for though I be uh, free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all. Why? that I might gain the more. And so that's what you see is that serving gains, that's the theme of Mark. And then we have the theme of Luke, and we talk about Luke has the narrative that shows the physical, biological connection from Jesus all the way back to King David and ultimately all the way back to Adam. So he shows us Jesus, the perfect human, and that's why Jesus was so strong in talking about being the Son of Man. 
He walked in authority on this earth because he was a man. Man was the one who was given authority. If he did not need to become a man, Jesus would have come to this earth to take care of business as God. But because authority in the very beginning when God created the earth gave dominion and authority to man, then in order for God to reclaim that authority, he had to become a man. And he not only becomes a man, he becomes the perfect man. And in order to legally take possession of the earth, once again, he has to be tempted. He has to be hit on by the devil. He resisted. All of those temptations, he was tempted in every form as we are. Now, that doesn't mean every little temptation that you and I face, Jesus had, but there are three categories. There is the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Lust of the eyes, uh, all of these kingdoms I'll give you if you fall down and worship me. Lust of the flesh, strongest thing you can have is hunger, great hunger. So if you are the Son of God, command these stones to be made bread. And then the pride of life. Prove to the world that you're the Son of God. Cast yourself off the temple and show all these people that you are God. The angels will catch you in front of all the people gathered down below. And so Jesus was tempted in every way that we could be tempted. And he resisted all of them. He passed the test. And so he is now the perfect Adam. Some people say he's the second Adam. Some people say he's the last. Some people say you shouldn't say the last, only the second. He's both. Last Adam, second Adam, same thing. And so Jesus came, and he is the second man ever to walk in total perfection on the earth. Adam did for a short while, but Jesus did for a long while and was tempted in every way like we are. That means then that Jesus was totally freed from death. He had no obligation to die. He says it very clearly in the Gospel of John, no man takes my life, I lay it down. He made it very clear death had no jurisdiction on him. And when you stop and think about it, death can only come on those who've sinned. Because Christ had no sin, well, somebody said, well, his mother had sinned. Yes, but his mother uh, did not pass on to him that part of our nature which is exposed to death. That's why Jesus had to be born of a virgin. A number of different reasons he had to be born of a virgin, but that's one of them. He was freed from death, and so he was the perfect human being. Uh, amazing, amazing stuff. We don't have time to get into all of it, but the Gospel of John is about believing, and that's going to be the theme of this week. We're going to talk about how love believes and lifts you up just like an eagle, so we fly on the high places of the earth. It's all the time I have for today. I'll pick up here tomorrow. See you then. I want to thank you for watching our podcast today. And if you really liked it, would you please give us a little thumbs up by clicking on that sign down below. And then I would encourage you to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any of our future podcasts because they're all going to be good. And if you would like to support us financially, either with a one-time gift or recurring gift, you can do that by clicking on the link below or going to myfaithroots.com. Thank you so much for watching this program. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app 
and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.